0: Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include the arm environment, and my interview with Rita Sharaf of US Res on default servicing technology activity. Today's podcast is presented by Cander AI that puts your underwriting on autopilot. As the only autonomous intelligence in mortgage technology, only Kandor's loan engineering system can make complex underwriting decisions with zero human assist. Kandor automates both tasks and intellect. Speaking of which, for my interview today, I wanted to welcome back to the show Kandor Sarah Nochel to talk about inflection points in the mortgage industry that we are seeing right now. Since the dawn of history, people have been trying to take things of value from others. The industry is discussing the latest breach, especially as it seems, once again, that it's not a matter of if, but when. Flagstar Bank recently became aware of a privacy breach that occurred during December 2021 involving unauthorized access to Flagstar Bank's network. Flagstar Bank is in the process of providing their impacted customers with written notice of this privacy breach. The written notice includes an offer of free credit monitoring by Kroll, subject to the customer's enrollment and monitoring offer. Turning to another topic going on in the industry, Lenders and originators are certainly experiencing the lack of secondary market investors in ARM products. This, of course, leaves banks and credit unions in the enviable position of A, being able to put them into their portfolios, and B, not always having to feel the force of higher rates on warehouse lines since money paid on deposits has not gone up as fast. Certainly, the percentage of adjustable rate mortgage applications has moved higher, and for some lenders, account for 20% of new business. The amount of advertising on radio, television, and social media for adjustable-rate mortgages has certainly increased as well. While well, Fannie and Freddie do have 15-year fixed and hybrid-arm products, the overwhelming number of mortgages funded are 30-year fixed. Most originators will tell you that new mortgage applicants want to know that the rate will not change in the future unless they refinance. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back onto the show U.S. Res's Rita Sharaf. Mr. Sharaf is an experienced senior executive, consultant, and active thought leader specializing in multiple facets of the real estate and specialized loan servicing industries. He's skilled in default asset management and servicing, collateral risk assessment, liquidation solutions, and overall business operations and strategy, with his primary focus and interest on service and product efficiency, ROI maximization, joint venture opportunities, and M&A activities. So last time we spoke on evictions and foreclosures, this time let's talk a little bit about default tech activity and marketing, the effects of the recent interest rate increases. We saw last week that the Fed raised its target federal funds rate, the largest at a single meeting since 1994, and the effects of recent interest rate increases have started to show. What are you seeing from a default servicing perspective?
1: Definitely. A lot of uh, consolidation and, and shrinking down activity. Um, you know, more recently we saw you know Keller Williams uh, and a few other companies, Mr. Cooper, um, do pretty wide-ranging layoffs to kind of bring down their expenditure. You know, that I think with overall affordability, not just in housing, but, you know, fuel prices, everything. And these are all external expenses that, you know, there's, there's really no controlling that from, you know, a finance perspective. You're just going to have to deal with it as a small business or, or what have you, what have you. So affordability is just continuing to go down. And, you know, from a default servicing perspective, that's when we see kind of the, the tide Kind of rising a little bit. Now that being said, um, on the positive side, it looked like it looks like we have just record amount of equity. I think the last time you know I was reading, it was in the trillions, you know, the team trillions of dollars, and so um, that might be a little bit different um, than previous kind of cyclical uh, periods where we had to deal with um, that. Recession and and uh, this type of interest rate activity,
0: and there is definitely a fervor of activity going on, and with a lot of talk of the arrival of a bear market. How does this translate for mortgage and default mortgage servicing?
1: Well, I think it's interesting. I think um, you know there's a lot of servicing shops that are really uh, enjoying the increased value of their uh, you know their servicing rights and. And certainly, you see that um, on the financials of some of these companies because their book values are are definitely um, growing while production is kind of falling. Now, um, you know, when that happens and then the def- default portfolio or default percentage increases, uh, all of a sudden, the ratio requirements start changing as well. So that has to be addressed. Um You know, I read the other day, which I had to read it two or three times to make sure I was reading it right, that on average, the cost of originating a loan went up over $10,000 in the first quarter of this year, which is just quite a number. Um, So you could see how, you know, this is going to drive a lot of, the origination industry really shrinking down and, and getting smaller because with those numbers it's going to be really hard to squeeze out any tight type, type of profit profits and you know I think the MBA projects that um, for the third and fourth quarter of twenty twenty refis are going to make up you know less than twenty seven percent, which is um, very very different than what we've seen recently.
0: And that cost of loan really is. Crazy, considering all the the new efficiencies and technology that that is out there and available for people in the industry, it seems like not too long ago last couple of years twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one the whole industry was focused on loss mitigation strategies for their mortgage portfolios, and it may soon be the focus again, anything different this time around from your perspective
1: Well, you know again, I think the equity the built the equity that is uh available to a lot of borrowers now that equity and and that appreciation it's my belief that it's it's supported by you know the uh, unbelievable rate environment that we had and then also um you know a shortage in the inventory of real estate um now one factor the affordability and interest rate the cost is is now has changed dramatically and you know we're seeing 30 year fix over 5% but the other side of it is the inventory if these sales uh, I think stall then you're gonna see billions of dollars wiped out in equity um, as prices come down so that you know could be a great equalizer and could push a lot of people over that you know may have bought in the sweet spot recently um, you know, I think that the industry as a whole is focused on, you know, loss mitigation coming off of, you know, the lessons we learned from COVID. So I think the the infrastructure is there. Um, you know, I think that one of the parts of that infrastructure that wasn't really built out was the final stages of loss mitigation, you know, where you're actually taking the property back and uh, liquidating it so we'll find it interesting but you know there's definitely a lot of conversations and discussion going on relative to that end process of uh, loss mitigation
0: I alluded to technology uh, earlier in this interview but we're seeing some new entrants into the default servicing software arena where the what are the biggest differentiators and must-haves for anyone looking at one of these solutions?
1: Well, I think, you know, typically when these things happen, um, these type of cycles, it, it does come fairly quickly. Um, it, it ramps up a little slow and then the volumes increase substantially. Um, and, you know, in today's environment, I think to get to really see and garner the best value out of these software solutions. They really need to have three major or four major things. One is defined workflow. Two is integration API capabilities. That's definitely a must. Three and immensely helpful is vendor and business partner incorporation into the platform. So you're not having to build out all these panels. Um, And then, you know, lastly, transparency and compliance has to be uh, of the utmost importance, you know, in the environment that we're in. Um, And the nuances of loss mitigation and default servicing are uh, numerous and uh, wide ranging, everything from vacant property registration to MLS rules of marketing a property. So there's a lot there. So you need the um, compliance and expertise, Um, but the transparency is gonna be super important because you have vendors or investors, pardon me, and then regulatory bodies that are gonna look over your shoulder and make sure that you're doing everything right. You're crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's, so to speak. Um, and lastly, I would add that, you know, just be aware of the per-click charge. Those tend to sound really good when there's not much going on, but as your volumes grow, uh, so will those fees, and it's usually exponential. So uh, be aware of that, you know, find partners that are willing to um, grow with you, but not um, become a burden.
0: Let's close with this. Along with software portfolio related services like valuations and field services, will be of equal importance. What does that industry's landscape look like after dramatic reductions and closures caused by the national moratoriums?
1: Well, I think that's a really interesting question. I think that the landscape is very different. I think that um, a lot of the trusted providers that we've had for You know years maybe decades they may not even exist anymore or they may look very different through consolidations or mergers and you know that that is a a new a new plane for for a business to explore and make sure that you're lining up with the right companies you know I would say stability, both financial and operational, and experience are going to be some of the most important factors when choosing these business partners. Um, You know, I think financial stability, you know, a lot of field services are going to require um, floating money um and you're going to have to have the financial where, wherewithal to not only manage that process but have the you know loan facilities or the capital facilities to be able to do that you know and i and i would say one of the things to watch out for that i've been seeing is is potential conflicts of interests. you know i think vertical integration in business is is generally a good thing um you need proper communication lines and like a common incentive in those situations. And that could be a great holistic solution. However, if, if choosing that solution is somehow limiting competition in your uh, vendor ba- panels and your business partners, then I would say that, that you're paying a pretty heavy cost. Um, I think the, uh, the benefits of having competition within your panels to um, push innovation and, and hit your results um, is key. And then also the redundancy. Um, if something happens in these in the environment that we live in and that we're living in right now, if a business folds over, um you're gonna have to have a backup solution and i think it's really important to have redundancy in almost everything that you do
0: rita i gotta say i really enjoy having you on the podcast and i'm looking forward to having you back again later this summer thank you for making the time
1: thank you appreciate you robbie and uh have uh safe travels and talk to you soon
0: nothing moves in the same direction forever even bond prices The trend in rates is higher, but we saw a big rally in the bond market yesterday amid increasing recession fears while Fed Chair Powell largely stuck to his script at his first of two appearances to the Hill to testify on the semi-annual monetary policy report that was released last Friday. During his Q&A with the Senate Banking Committee, Powell was asked about the balance sheet and the potential for MBS sales where he acknowledged that prepayments were low with rates so high. Given the Fed's desire to have mostly treasuries on the balance sheet, Agency mortgage-backed securities currently comprise about a third of the Fed's balance sheet, he said that the Fed would look at selling mortgage-backed securities when the balance sheet reduction is well underway, though that time has yet to be determined, and he did say that they may well need to sell mortgage-backed securities at some future date. He also said that it is appropriate to raise rates to a moderately restrictive level, and that achieving a soft landing will be, quote, very challenging, end quote. Today's calendar is underway with the Q1 current account balance and weekly jobless claims. Later today brings S&P Global Manufacturing and Services PMIs, Fed Chair Powell returns to the Hill for part two of his semi-annual testimony on the Monetary Policy Report before the House Financial Services Committee, and Freddie Mac will release their latest primary mortgage market survey. Treasury will auction $18 billion of reopened five-year tips, and the desk will be back in UMBS 34 percent and 4.5% for up to $919 million. We begin the day with agency MBS prices, a few ticks better than Wednesday night, and the 10-year yielding 314 after closing yesterday at 3.16%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Ole was on his deathbed and imploring his wife, Lena, when I'm gone, I want you to marry Sven Svensson. Why Sven Svensson? his wife asked. You've hated him all your life. I still do, gasped Ole. Thanks again to this week's podcast sponsor, Cander, AI that puts your underwriting on autopilot. Cander automates both tasks and intellect. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.